Hey guys, and welcome back to the Dear Baddest Bee podcast with me, your host, Nkem, here to provide a space for transparent, honest, expansive conversation and checking in with me, talking about any and everything that comes to mind and sharing my thoughts and opinions on it all. It's beautiful outside today, okay? London has not had a consistent summer you know, we love that word here. I'm so tired because what the sun brings, unfortunately for me, is our allergies. It brings allergies. This morning I woke up and my nose was snotty and filled and I just knew that the sun was about to start playing up again and coming out. Listen, I have no problem with rain. I mean, it's moody and it's not nice and it's rainy, but I have no problem with that. As long as it's consistent, just give me consistent weather. If it's going to rain all the time, fine, rain all the time. If it's going to be sunny all the time, fine, be sunny all the time. But London has such a problem with chopping and changing. So it's brought on my allergies. I didn't even have any hay fever tablets. So if you hear me sniffling left, right and centre, now you know why. It is episode five today and I am feeling very, very proud because I've managed to stay consistent. If you've been following me for the last few episodes, you know that that was one of my issues. And I vowed with the podcast that I wouldn't continue to make the same mistakes of dropping projects when I'm in the muck of it all. We're here now and we in this episode are going to be exploring me in my content creator queen era because this is massive for me like I've been taking digital creation very very seriously whether it's been here on the podcast editing the podcast episodes uploading it to YouTube whipping out that camera when I've needed to I've really been in the back I've been in it I'm in the trenches right now because no one told me that content creation would be so hard I'm just going to start off by almost touching upon what I've talked about in previous episodes where I said that I wanted to pursue this new side of me, my creative expression, creativity, etc. And a few weeks ago, I started to record, upload, take footage, take content consistently, frequently consecutively like I organized content days I organized content times to record because I was like if I'm going to be serious about this I need to view it as a job I think that's been the most important thing about content creation to get myself into that mindset I've just sat down and thought to myself that this is my job apart from my side hustle in nursing this content creation, I have to look at it as if it was my nine to five. I schedule the hours, create invoices to myself to keep track of how much time I spend doing everything, including all the props that I need, all the trying new alcohol products with me I've had to buy. And that's fine. And I know most people would be like, well, you know, if this is a creative expression thing that you're pursuing, then do you really need to do all that? I've had to look at it that way because it's exhausting. I spent, and I've said it, you might have heard it already but episode two that came out actually doesn't have any video footage currently and that's because the file the video file became corrupted during my times of uploading detaching audio somehow it became corrupted and meant that I didn't have any video footage of episode two anymore episode two is you've you will have heard by now but it's uploaded and it took me 12 hours before I realized that the files were corrupted. In my time trying to upload it to Opus Clip API, which helps me develop reels, in the time that I tried to duplicate it, I tried to use it through iMovie, I tried to use it through CapCut on the laptop, and it would stop at the same point every single time because about 25 to 27 minutes into the video, the files are corrupted. That's 12 hours of my time. One hour at minimum is charged at 10 pounds. So yes, my time, even though I'm dedicating it to content creation, 
like I would love to see me maybe even moving out of my own content creation into a space where I'm helping people on their projects and I have to manage and recognize how much my time is valued at or even how long does it take me to perfect this art I think tracking these things is is a good thing. One of the most difficult things I've found about doing all of this has definitely been finding a niche. And I remember at the beginning of this journey that I said to myself that I wouldn't go to so much effort to find one. Because yes, having a niche will narrow your content down and mean that you target a specific audience. But at the start of all of this, I was like, but there are so many things that make me unique that I can tap into, that I'd want to tap into. And I wouldn't know which one to start off with to narrow myself. And I'm also someone who doesn't like to close doors when you don't need to. So I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to address all these topics that I love so much and we'll go from there. We'll generate content on things that I love. We will be unrestricted in what we create. And as time goes on, I'll start to see what does great for me and what I enjoy creating. At the beginning of all this, my sister challenged me and said, you know, but what's going to happen with the marketing? How are you going to find the niche? Who are you targeting? What's your target audience? What's your USP? And I was like, I don't have any of that information. Like in the, in my mind, of course, there are certain elements of those questions that I could answer. But deep, deep down, I don't know what I excel at on camera. I don't know where my skill set would thrive yet in content creation because this is still such a new venture. And it's funny because as time has gone on, looking at my content, I've started to narrow down the things that work for me. At the start of my journey, I started with five pillars, reading, fitness, food, travel, and I think lifestyle. And out of it all, I've actually had to take away reading and fitness, funnily enough, in this time that I've been narrowing it down, because reading is a massive, massive part of me. But I wouldn't say that it's a main part of me in that of all the videos I created, only two of them are related to books and reading and they are recommendations. I read in my spare time, but it's not something that I find easy to document because for me, it's my form of escapism. And I was like, if I start to tap into that too much, will it become less enjoyable? Which I'm sure it wouldn't, but I realized I don't really enjoy, or I don't, I'm not really good at making content around books and reading because apart from recommending books that I've read or rounding up the books that I've read, I have no idea where else to go with that kind of content. And I feel like unless it's to boost your creative expression or your creative mindset, then it's probably not the right path. Fitness, oh God. After last week's episode, I know it's a heavy sitch to touch on, but in terms of fitness, I was like, one of the problems I have with my fitness and my weight loss journey is that I am really inconsistent. Like there will be times that I drop off, drop out, and this is gonna be long-term, it's a lifestyle. And the problem with fitness content is that I actually had an account before called Dear Body Diary. And it was when I was recording my most successful weight loss journey. And I remember generating content for that. I wouldn't say that it was so hard, and it was a fun project and a fun endeavor, but I don't know if it tapped into all the best parts of me because it was a lot of sharing like 
my workouts and my food. And that's changed so much right now. Fitness content creators right now are thriving and I love it for them. They're coming out with partner workouts, different foods that they do, different sets that they buy. And it's their entire life. And I love that for them. But I wouldn't say that fitness was my life at all. Like I enjoy going to the gym. I enjoy being active, but I'm not going to be a creator that shows you the workout clothes that she bought because I don't buy them. I, the last time I bought gym clothes was maybe three, four months ago and they were from Uniqlo. It was nothing aesthetically pleasing. It was very functional and comfortable. And that's not, I'm sure that there'll be a branch of the fitness creator industry where there'll be women who want to see someone who is your average Joe in the gym goes in week in week out with a similar program because I use programs at least four to six months at a time because your muscles yes shocking them is great but in general your muscles need a similar and consistent workout to grow and so even the foods that I eat are so they're not necessarily aesthetic they are easy to make and I guess saying it all now maybe there is a side of me that could tap into that but it's not my focus right now and so for fitness I was like there's only one video on there that I created and it was a great video like I loved I enjoyed creating that but I realized out of the 20 to 30 videos I've created already if fitness was only one of them it means that I didn't enjoy it enough to make more of it. Or I wasn't even consistent enough in my own journey to record it. And so just like that, you've had two niches drop off and it narrows, it narrows down and it makes it easier for me to see what I enjoy most. Then I looked at which of my videos did best in terms of viewing. And TikTok in terms of viewership is so up and down. And I know it's because the For You page is great in that you have a higher chance of going viral because it's distributed to more viewers. But it also means that you don't necessarily get a consistent following because those people, unless they are on the following side of TikTok and seeing videos from people that they follow, they're not going to see my videos. So I sometimes think to myself, unless a video pops off on TikTok, I don't really look at the numbers. That being said... I looked at the ones on IG. People really enjoyed my tequila video and my behind the scenes of my first podcast episode. I'm sure for the podcast episode of the behind the scenes was also in relation to Creator's House and sharing a really good opportunity because it was a testimonial. And I thought to myself, between trying, between product testing tequila-based canned cocktails and reviewing them and being uniquely me on camera, to then being a part of Creator's House and creating a testimonial on how I was able to pursue an endeavor that I really wanted to without having to pay or with an opportunity to be in this space. Those are the two videos that got over 500 views. They're the only two videos of mine that got over 200 views. And just like that, you've narrowed down what you can create. And that's fantastic. And it came with time. And of course, I'm probably still going to use another two, three months to generate content and see how much more I can narrow down the niche. But it looks like product testing and testimonials of the services I use and that help me day to day are what people want to see most. That's the create a bag, baby. <laughs> that's the finding my niche and finding your niche. If you can use some of the tips I just shared. And just like that, we've managed to narrow down the field. And for me, that's exciting because I'm like, 
oof, I'm finally going to develop my page where I'm clear on what it is that I add value to people's lives for. I came to realise that not only would I see it as a job for my own personal brand and as NCAM and, you know, pursuing the podcast and having social media pages, but in future when I want to pursue this as something to help other people with or developing whatever may come of it, there are so many skills that I don't have in the creative space that I need to start building. So things like being able to, to use Photoshop is something that I spent maybe a couple of hours a few nights ago just watching videos on and learning to use. There are all these tools such as Photoshop, got Adobe Pro, which people keep bloody recommending to me. And I can't lie to you, that interface was extremely intimidating. Whoever's out there using Adobe Pro, Premiere Pro? Yeah, Adobe Premiere Pro. I applaud you because, yo, I struggled to use that interface. And for me, iMovie is so much more user-friendly. CapCut that people keep raving about, I find quite difficult to use as well. Maybe, maybe difficult's the wrong word because I guess it's always, with iMovie, I've got so much experience already in using it and trying to capitalise on the tools that I have been used to for so long versus CapCut, which even has a different way of splicing clips. Adobe Premiere Pro, which I had no idea how to splice clips. I tried y'all and it was so difficult. Using Photoshop and getting this beautiful blur that people have in their photography and their images, their product samples, product photography, using even Canva. I don't know about y'all, but I've spoken to you, I've spoken before about being unable to use Canva because I find that really difficult. I am no graphic designer, I am no website designer, but I know that when people are in the content creation space and a digital creator space, there are all these skills that they have to learn. I said to my sister once before that, I wouldn't wanna go viral right now. That would probably be my worst nightmare because then there would be so much pressure to be consistent and have all these skills at the ready. I can't even use Canva babes. I can't even use, Premiere Pro, which is apparently an amazing tool, an app, an application to use in terms of video creation, where am I going then catering to audiences of thousands, the masses, and being unable to generate content that is in line with my skills? I think that's so important. Being in a field that capitalizes on the skills that you have. Or learning the skills to capitalize on that job role, there you go. Because this is a new venture for me, and yes, I'd like to build a community, but in the time of me developing video, curating video, curating photos, etc., I'm still learning the skills and the tools of the trade. So I'm by no means at my peak even of what I know and how I can use the platform to my advantage. I don't even know how to use Instagram to my advantage yet. I haven't looked at every single tool that is on there. I haven't used Live, for example. And I don't, you know, they're easy to use in theory, but if you haven't done them yet, then where do you get that experience from? I've definitely seen as a new job, and it's beautiful because with my part-time role, I have the opportunity to pursue it as such and spend so much time and energy where I know others aren't as privileged as I and they get to, and they have to, do their full-time job and then do it on the side. I applaud you guys because... I couldn't imagine what this would be like and having to focus on a full-time role as well. Another interesting concept that has helped me 
to try and pursue content creation as my full-time bag has definitely been the concept of cringe mountain. I came across this when I was scrolling on TikTok, but I came across that concept. And essentially it is, you have to climb cringe mountain to get to the land of the cool, coming apparently from a cool person. My immediate thoughts on that were, it's so true. It is so true. I spent yesterday cracking and utilizing code to find out the people that have been unfollowing me on Instagram. And maybe I care more because I'm actively creating content and I'm actively trying to build and develop my personal brand as NCHEM with the Dear Baddest Bee podcast, with my Instagram page, with my TikTok page, YouTube page, social media, etc. So it means more to me right now. But what I realized was using the code and finding out those people that had unfollowed me were people that I had known for a long time. And at first I was hurt and offended. And then after, <laughs> which I had no reason to be, it's a very irrational feeling to have in terms of being unfollowed by people that followed you previously and that you knew and that you supported everything they were doing. Because I spoke with my partner and he was like, well, it would make sense because you in this content queen era are developing things that they're no longer interested in, or at least don't want to see, they don't resonate with. And I was like, that's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. And in my times of like feeling that the content I'm generating is cringe, especially like if you're following my Instagram, you will have seen a video that I posted essentially giving a testimonial and product demo of the CeraVe hydrating, forming or cleanser. And it was when I was thinking about going down the brand slash UGC route of testing products and promoting. And it's probably the cringiest video I have made to this day or one of the cringiest videos I've made to this day. Because one comment that my partner made was that he felt it was very, very commercial and promotional. And I was like, listening back on it, I can definitely see where he's coming from. And I really had to scale Cringe Mountain for myself in myself to even throw that video into the abyss of the online world. Because I thought to myself, if I start going down this path, how are people gonna see me? I even felt cringe recording it. And I don't know why, like it just doesn't make any sense. I would promote that product. I have promoted that product to my partner, my sister and my friends because I thought it was amazing. But why then do I have such a problem saying that on camera and releasing it to the world and letting other people see this? Even as my own creation. If you are someone pursuing content creation, actually scrap content creation, whatever you are pursuing in life, if cringe is something that stops you doing all the things you want to, whatever you're pursuing is not for you. How can it be for you if you are not authentically yourself? Because being authentically yourself means being cringe once in a while. I am one of the most cringiest people. I am probably one of the most cringy people I know. I am the cringiest person I know. I am probably the cringiest person I know. Seriously. The stuff I say, the stuff I said to my partner, the stuff I said to my sisters, I just am internally. And that's fine because that's me. So whatever you're pursuing, whatever you're doing, to add that layer of authenticity that allows you to connect with people, whether it is you're selling or you're telling a story or you're showcasing your skills, sometimes you might have to be cringy and that's okay. The right audience will connect with that. But you also have to open that path, open that door for yourself to allow yourself to do those things. Now, in the 
conversations relating to content creation, TikTok, monetizing your personal brand. One thing I wanted to bring attention to is TikTok because I almost took myself off TikTok the other day because the side of TikTok that's related to UGC, side hustles and money making is becoming exhausting. Every video that I was being shown was about somebody or other talking about how they were making this amount, X amount of money doing this, X amount of money doing that. It's so easy. I made 70K, I made 20K, I made 5K, I made $500 creating two really quick, easy videos and money you can be made this way. And I just think to myself, there was a part of me anyway that thought, okay, this could be helpful information to someone who doesn't know how to bust out of the mold of the job that they currently do. And so they're looking for a side hustle that will lead them down a road of pursuing a permanent career. The thing is though, these videos are presented in such a way that make it sound like it's so easy. And I challenged myself when I came across those videos. The first thing I did when these people were presenting the thousands of dollars creating content for brands or whatever side hustle they were doing was to go and see the amount of people they, that was following them on IG and TikTok and then scroll all the way down. I'm extra like that, yeah, because that energy, that effort, not everyone's going to do it, but me, I will, to find my point. Scrolled all, to support my point, sorry. To support my point, I will scroll all the way down to, to prove what I'm talking about. I scrolled all the way down to this young girl's feed and saw that she had consistently been posting almost daily, consistently grinding on her TikTok for just over a year. And it makes sense then because it takes consistent work to get these results and that's fine. But I'm so, so, so tired of seeing all these creators come out with such bullshit feeding on people's feeding on people's despair cost of living crisis projecting this idea that it's so easy to make money left right and center when it's not every creator that was talking serious business they were like well i've actually been grinding since 2020. one of them was a blog which i thought was amazing because blogs are great ways to develop passive income and she was talking about all her sales, all her affiliate links, and in one of the comments, actually in the video, now that I recall, she did put, this has been my work and my effort since November 2020 till now. And I was like, thank God there's someone on here who's going to chat truth to people, because otherwise, I can't imagine those people that are consuming all this information about making and generating all this wealth and being told that it's so quick and easy because it's not, I'm tired, it's not. Content creation is not easy. Those people that became viral overnight, one, I wouldn't want the pressure anyway. And two, it is sometimes just luck. It is sometimes just luck that they found a formula that works for them and people responded really positively to that. But Instagram is not an easy place to grow. Content creation is not an easy place to grow. Even learning tricks of the trade, it is still an art form that you need to perfect. And sometimes I have to tell myself this, I do have to reassure myself. When I feel like, for humans at least, one key element to our happiness is seeing consistent progress. And unfortunately, on Instagram, that is sometimes your following and how many people are following you. 
And I had to tell myself this week that that's wrong. Sometimes it can't just be the amount of people following you. It has to be the impressions you've left, the reach that you're getting, people commenting, people responding to the content that you create. Because in the last couple of days, I posted a video, funnily enough, when I'm talking about reading, not really being my bag. <laughs> I posted a video on four recommendations for Book Lovers Day of the books throughout the years that I've known and loved. And not only did one of my friends comment a recommendation, which is fabulous, another one of my friends, really long-term secondary, beginning of secondary school friend, actually commented that one of the books that I recommended, she remembered me recommending to her and getting her into the series. And I can't lie to you, of all the stuff that I've been doing on IG, the fact that people have been responding to my questions on my stories about recommending nail technicians or how they're feeling responding to polls, those two comments and people being really engaging with like the tequila video comments and things like that have touched me more than the following. I have to remember that. It all ties in with the negative self-talk again, not making progress and having to talk yourself out of one thing that you've programmed yourself into believing and saying to yourself that no, there is another way to look at this. And the other way to look at this is actually that I wanted to build a community and in all, doing all my content and releasing my personality into the world, people that I know are responding to that. And that is beautiful and so much more important than the amount of people that follow me. Even though I went crazy and like <laughs> found code to find out who weren't following me and did go on, a, on an unfollowing spree, but that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> One thing that being on this journey has challenged me to do as well is be more confident on camera. I don't always feel confident on camera. And I think it, it is a little upsetting because you should always want to feel confident in your face and how you look and your fashion and stuff like that. But for a long time, I don't feel like fashion wise, I have an edge. I have no fashion. My fashion is comfortable living. <laughs> comfortable living. Most of my clothes do not give you model on catwalk. Half the time, they don't even give you coordinated. They just feel like I've looked at an item that I thought was flattering on my body. And I was like, you know what? Let's run that. But there's no cohesion in my wardrobe. There's no cohesion to my fashion style. And that's something I really want to work on, especially with all this content creation and tying in photography to that. Because I invited one of my friends who has a creative agency and she's fabulous at content creation and i was looking at her page one day when i originally when i first met her and i saw how curated her outfits were how she was able to achieve this tied in fashion look all these fashion looks and i was like then you know exploring more instagram and another content creator that i love following is camilla.villas paula ocha uh, Kay Alexandra, Alexandria, Alexandra from the UK, who it looks like they find it so easy to put together these beautiful looks that complement them. And even in their feed, you can just see the cohesion between style, fashion and their identity. And I don't feel like I have that. Maybe that's what, exactly what I'm trying to say. I don't feel like I have an identity when it comes to my clothing. And I feel like that's something that brings me down Maybe it's it's probably related to how I feel about my body. Take give a listen to the last episode because we're not doing that today. But when you feel or when you felt in your lifetime uncomfortable with your body or waiting to dress the body 
of your dreams, then you lose the ability to start seeing your body as a temple to be dressed, that the clothes are not the precious items, your body is. The precious items of clothing are the shell in which you dress your body. And so I think that's something I wanna get back in, I wanna get into. And I, the first step of that for me was, let me book a photography studio, take some photos, take some content, and develop this personality, develop my personality in front of a camera and see what comes out where building my confidence, seeing not what angles suit my body more, but the fluidity I develop in being in front of the camera. And I'm interested, very, very interested to do that, especially working with my friend. That being said, I then wanted to pass it back to you. I wanted to make sure that today's episode, even whilst talking about my own content creation, had one deeper meaning for that. And for me, looking back on everything I've said, it definitely all ties in with confidence. Confidence is something that we all deserve, but unfortunately, we don't all have. I would say that I am a confident person because of everything I said to do with negative self-talk in the last episode. I will scale that cringe mountain and whatever I come up with, I'll be all right. If people don't like it, they don't like it, but it's up to me to like what I do. You've been joined by me, your host, Mkem, on the Dear Badisty podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, talking and diving into finding niches, content creation, touching upon confidence, and how learning skills in your trade help you capitalise on that job role that you're pursuing. If you have any more questions or you want me to pursue another similar topic, or you've got dilemmas, oh my God, send me in a dilemma. Let me chiz, let me... Let me gossip, give me this opportunity to be here and gossip on my own podcast because I'd love it. You can send an email to contact at dbbpodcast.com. That's contact at dbbpodcast.com. Or you can hit that follow button on IG and send me a direct message. And I promise I will get back to you the same day. Thank you again for listening and I will see you in the next one.